And today, God, I'm bad at intros. Today we're going to talk about... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even help you. Um, I'm just like, I'm drinking my coffee. You can do this. <laughs> and the new movie on Netflix called Kiss the Ground. We're going to review it. We're going to unpack it. We're going to add our commentary to it because we're very opinionated. Virgos. Yay. <laughs> and then we have some prefaces. And join what yours are. Like, I definitely want to bring up how I think the target audience for this film is white centered mm -hmm. that way it's digestible since they do use celebrities and white celebrities as um kind of like sources of knowledge with mm -hmm. this um there was one say, detroit yeah that was pretty much the only it was, it was a little snippet she had 30 seconds <laughs> to basically talk about all of her work i, I she did a great job. Name <laughs> is passion. Yeah. So I, I think I'll start my preface with um, this absolutely does not cover it all because there is so much to climate change and our problems from carbon emission to pollution to everything you want to talk about under the sun. Um, so this absolutely does not cover it all. What it does is it focuses on one possible solution, which is um, using soil to bring the carbon back into the ground. Yeah. Um, the other one is I think that this was really pointed at people who have climate anxiety. Mm. I think that this was very much like meant for people who like have given up on the world and have felt like there is really nothing else we can do because it's scary and there's so much bad news and doom and gloom. So much and yeah, on that, it's also for people who, it could be for people who have just started joining the conversation about environmental efforts and climate change. So because it's so digestible, like even if you don't know, like we're still learning so much, me and you don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Like we can't fully grasp everything. And so this is just like a piece of it that people can digest this one part. Yeah. You know, move forward, hopefully, if they want to. So I guess we could kind of start with like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that the film itself, and we're going to go in kind of that order is it starts with, and it, oh, it's very American centered too. So we're going to start with like U.S. history. Yeah. So we're going to start with U.S. history and then we're going to move into like how the history has um, detrimentally impacted the way that our soil works and also what is happening to the rest of the earth as they continue using those same um methods of farming as we do right. um but this is mostly focused around um united states land mm -hmm. so what what i learned about was pesticides and world war ii so oh. i didn't fucking know <laughs> that <laughs> pesticides were based right. off war weapons that was developed by a german engineer named fritz haber yes. i've had no clue that that was a thing. I didn't even, I don't know where I thought pesticides came from. I figured there was just like some engineer somewhere in a corner, but like these things. Yes. And so just like it, the fact that it was like, like guys, like that's a huge warning sign. It was <laughs> invented as a war weapon. It was a chemical war weapon. He used pesticides to increase food production because war, there's yeah. low 
is, and then use that same type of chemical base as a weapon for gas chambers in the Holocaust. So pesticides <laughs> led to genocide, literally. So what happened after the war, um, after everybody, you know, ceased fighting, I don't know why I had to say that twice. Um, what happened was basically the U.S. was like, well, this stuff was really good. We want to bring it over to the U.S. and start using it. But they didn't use it for genocide, per se. They used it for, yeah. um, like, our plants for being able to grow food faster. And that led to what they called the war on bugs, which was essentially trying to rid bugs from the environment so that way we could produce more food. And the reason we had to produce more food is because we had just had the Dust Bowl. And the Dust Bowl was caused by over-tilling of the ground, which was killing all of our topsoil. Facts. Facts. <laughs> so basically what, so that led to us wanting to use pesticides. Unfortunately, I, well, fortunately, it did work for a really long time. But what happened was we started, it started decreasing how well the earth could produce food without mm -hmm. chemical help. And it right. started to kill the soil. So that way, microbes weren't actually able to develop their eco like environment and ecology oh, within the soil. Environment. Yeah, within the yeah. ground. So that was really interesting because it's just like, for me, like as a per as like an arts major and someone who like really likes to find the symbolism in things, I'm just like, does no one see the symbolism behind the fact that this was a war weapon and then became mm -hmm. a like a weapon against what? like the nature natural world? <laughs> like literally. So, yes. So that's just some like background. And basically what's happened is since the nineteen seventies when we really started using pesticides um and pesticides became more and more common we have lost a third of our topsoil um mm -hmm. not only in the u.s but in tie in around the entire world and that has led to desertification and desertification is when we have land that we can no longer use because we've killed all of the environment and resources behind it so um for example that leads to exactly what happened with the dust bowl Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's what that's my two cents about it okay. and then back on u.s history and how i mean this was a little later in the film but they did mention how i mean you know we talk about like animal grazing and how you know that's totally natural and it actually does help the land it does depend on where the animals are which we'll go into later um uh, but how the u.s military attempted to starve indigenous people oh, by yeah buffaloes and buffaloes are free ranging and grazing and therefore you know sustaining the land but then when the u.s military came in to not only target this group of people colonization <laughs> and also like just you know not only our buffalo food and also just natural resources for the literal ground that we stand on yeah. like that's some really toxic history. Guys, like basically the way our country works is not like built on solid, kind, moral this history. So long ago. I mean, you know, quote so long ago, but this has been going on for so long. And because we haven't really recognized what's happened or reconciled any of that, and we just keep on getting, you know, industrial and like really high tech, 
thinking that we're advancing, we're not. Yeah. Yeah. But this documentary is about to be about, is supposed to be about hope. <laughs> so we're just getting started. It's absolutely like, it gets really lovely. <laughs> so basically what they started talking about was all the moves that are being made essentially to help bring carbon back to the soil and to start helping those microenvironments really thrive. Because what happens is when we bring the carbon back to the soil, we take mm -hmm. it out of our atmosphere and right. that allows us to start cooling our atmosphere right. basically and that slows climate change it's right. one of it's a really great way to actually like it's probably one of the key ways mm -hmm. for us to stop climate change altogether and there's actually so many discussions that have happened um a lot of us has probably heard of the paris agreement in 2015. Mm -hmm. during that same time there was also a presentation called four for a thousand which was a man who basically wanted to have every single country or person country remove, yeah. country remove their carbon intake by 0.4 percent um and that was supposed to basically help slow climate change almost to a complete halt mm -hmm. but that fell through because china india and the us did not want to sign up on that but and did agree to large co2 emitters yeah so those are the largest uh polluters so what happened was we wound up signing on to the paris agreement now recently we have pulled out of the paris agreement that will still take years for us to really do but it has left us in a it has left the world because we are not taking responsibility for our pollution in a really terrible state because mm -hmm. if we don't take as the biggest polluters some of the biggest polluters if we don't take that responsibility and start treating the world better nobody in the world has a chance right so onto the hopeful part um <laughs> are we though <laughs> are we though uh, i was really into this guy named rancher brown <laughs> oh, yes he's so smart he's so smart so there is a movement which i don't know you could probably touch on this even more tina there is a movement going on um especially in the midwest where most of our farming is where there are farmers who are promoting um basically cultivating the land more to stop tilling, which rips up the topsoil. I can't say words. Regenerative. Regeneration. Regenerative agriculture. Regenerative agriculture, which is basically the idea that, hey, maybe we shouldn't grow one crop over and over again on the same soil because that might lead to killing topsoil. You're killing it. You're basically killing it. So and then maybe we stop tilling and maybe we start actually allowing animals to free graze and all these things that we use that humanity used to do like <laughs> humanity used to allow happen like for example what tina said about the buffalo yeah um we love regenerative fact yes we do <laughs> um so something that was really interesting is basically there are a, there's a group of people who are trying to spread awareness to other farmers about what this is doing to our soil and something that was really interesting that tina i think you had a lot to say about it was the fact that there is little to no education for many farmers on what it soil like they just don't know yeah oh there's a lot and i want to connect this to back to how the country and the government handles crops with also u.s taxes yes 
I connect those together. So there is a profitable credit, profitable credit for farmers, and that's under the commodity credit. And so if the farmers are producing, which mostly they, they produce soy, corn, and hay, mm-hmm. and going to, or 99% of it, according to the film, is going to feed livestock. And so we have that. If most of our crops are being fed to livestock, which Mary, please say what you're I don't saying. eat meat. <laughs> so paying these taxes, and, you know, federal taxes are going to paying these farmers, paying the farmers to grow these crops that only feed livestock, that feed meat eaters, maybe. And, you know, that also depends on if the livestock survive and how well that they, they do in production. Like, that's even another thing. Yeah, which is crazy because it's like, there's a big part of the population that doesn't even eat meat and we're all being expected to pay for this. Right. And it's actually, so the farm subsidies are $25 billion annually that gets redistributed. And so because they're guaranteed a profit, they're driven by capitalism and... Say a louder for the people in the back. Cap- capitalism is ruining the earth. <laughs> And so because they're driven by that, they are driven by profit. They're driven to produce. They're not driven to, you know, feed the healthy hearts of humans of America. They're there to make money. And so then we go back to the livestock. If the livestock are not, you know, as we talked about, like free grazing and being controlled in that way, and they are then on feedlots, which, what did he say? They were like, Oh, animals aren't the problem. It's just where they are. And so if animals are on the lot and we can use them to, you know, our human advantage, if we use them as like, they are a source of, if we use them as grazers. Right. And it's like, they are the ones that are giving back in order to continue that cycle of production mm-hmm. and up in the soil, saving the land. And so the animals being stuck in these, you know, feedlots, which are just like squares and tight spots of just, you know, cows, for example, like that's your, that's where the greenhouse emissions get emitted. (sighs) Capitalism. Capitalism. Yes, I think that was, I mean, and then part of capitalism is from colonization. So like when we started with history, and we talked about like native groups being, you know, depleted and targeted in that way. I mean, that's a whole other thing too. And then we have, you know, the pesticides and the chemicals from Germany coming to kill our the bugs and the plants. That there is like we that's, you know, one part of how we started to disconnect from what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a part and then, you know, what's led to that is also just like Ooh, connections. Okay, so I'm thinking about this. <laughs> so um, we have been completely disconnected from our earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part of that is the way that we have treated the earth, the way that capitalism has taken a look at the earth, um, all, all of that lovely stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and what has happened is actually, which is something that the... Um, Rancher Brown actually talked about was that 
because of this disconnection from the earth, a lot of the farmers don't even realize what it means to have good soil. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're not getting these, this education to have good soil. And so what he and his partner are doing, who I totally forgot the name. Um, but he was in the department. He used to work for the Department of Agriculture, I believe. Yeah. So, right, him. Yes, yes, that. Mm-hmm. Him. So yes. what's been really interesting that's been happening is these two men have decided to start educating all of the other farmers because ultimately a lot of farmers due to the way that the u.s handles subsidies and the way that i don't know taxes happen i don't know anything about the economy Britain. <laughs> <laughs> the way that all of that occurs um the average farmer is only making one to like four dollars per acre of land um and that is only during specific seasons when they're actually able to grow their crops. What he is saying is not only can you have healthier land by allowing grazing, by allowing multiple crops to grow, by something else and something else. He has four <laughs> things. We, <laughs> we yeah, no. are, I had it listed somewhere. We, um, like his land is able to, make more which means he's able to sell more which is actually making him more money he was saying that he actually is able to make a hundred dollars per acre and that's throughout the entire year which is absolutely insane when you think about how little like a lot of farmers are making right because of like because of the way that our subsidies work so ultimately there's absolutely no reason and on top of it it's killing their soil and it's killing us and essentially it's making it harder and harder for the U.S. to continue to produce food, um, which is going to make it harder for us to keep our livestock alive and then therefore a lot of us alive. Exactly. There it is. Yes. Therapy. Yes. So this disconnection from the land is something that really was a huge aspect of this documentary. It was this major, I don't know, it was like, it was basically the theme that they were trying to drive home is that we need to continue to be connected to this land and we need to be willing to look into the way that we work and realize how we're disconnected. Um, mm-hmm. I recently listened to this beautiful speaker. Um, she has an Instagram, which I will find the name and put it on my story so you guys can go follow her. Um, but she discussed a lot about bioregions, which I think I talked Tina's ear off, but her entire webinar was saying, we need to continue to be connected to the land. We need to continue to look at the resources around us. Cause if we don't do that, then we're just pulling too many resources from specific areas. And we're not caring about the land that we're pulling the resources from. And if mm-hmm. we do that, that's when we have lost. Right. And currently we're losing. Okay. To be self-sustainable. To we be just sustainable we don't and respect Big Mama. Yeah, yeah, that's like, it. That that's was one. I was like, okay, why, why should other people care, and like, why do I care? And I was like, it's just because I do. Like, I don't. I there isn't anything more like simple than like, oh, why are you talking about the environment? It's like gone to shit anyway. Like, because I care. Yeah, and like, because it's possible. Yeah. yeah. Like that was the really, I mean, I, there's this, um, Tina, I'm just taking over again. There was this really beautiful place that they talked about called Lois Plateau, um, which is an area in China that was considered to be the like most dead land or basically the most desert, desertified, (laughs) um, land. Basically it couldn't produce anything. It had cracks in the land. Like you weren't 
there was no water, there was no, there was no environment, essentially, it was just desolate. And there was a man who was actually able to take the most desolate environment in the world. And he took 14 years of his life, dedicated it to making these practices, allowing grazing, putting in multiple crops, like, you know what, I'm going to find the other four, not tilling the land and planting perennials and trees. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you also want to Yes, Anthony. Earth equals you. Earth sick equals you sick. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like by doing that, he was able to bring it back, and that was called the Garden of Eden. Like, and sounds like a lot, but it's like if you put time into your life towards these efforts, it's gonna, it's gonna end up doing good things. Like I don't know how else to say it. It's like it doesn't have to consume your entire twenty-four hour day. Well, and then on top of all of that, I mean, just thinking about it, like the lowest plateau, that must have taken like probably a whole century to get to that point because mm -hmm. micro, micro environments and the general environment is able to hang on. And we were able to bring that back in 14 freaking years, guys. Oh. Like, think about what we could do for the rest of the earth if we just started taking these practices. Yes. yes. You want to talk about Patricia? I do. Patricia Et. Okay. Apparently she was in holes movie with Shia LaBeouf. She was. She was the evil lady. I don't remember. I have to rewatch it. So Patricia Arquette was in the film. We talked about there's actresses and actors, um, Hollywood stars. Jason Mraz was in it. He sang some songs. With his avocado farm. <laughs> and so Patricia was one of them. And I forget where she went. She went somewhere that's not in the U.S. And I think that's not even the point. I do want to focus on how she started you know, building bathrooming systems that were not like, or actually scratch that. She built bathrooming systems that reduce, reduce the actual like plumbing. There was no plumbing, right? Mm -hmm. and so it was only using waste to compost for the land. Yeah. It's called compost toilets, basically. Like how, and then let's also talk about, you know, back to Western colonization, back to capitalism, and how there's a taboo, 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 taboo with potato, potato, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah, literally, um, talking about poop and like, not even just human waste. It's like, I mean, they made the point of we are exposed to waste all the time. If you garden, even the smallest thing like if you have a succulent plant you, there's you know waste in that dirt mm -hmm. and soil like you're it's, using that killing that yeah so why is so disgusted by our own that can help reproduce all these benefits for the land yeah. and so i mean like imagine if we you know didn't have that taboo and then also touching on how that's how far removed we are from how natural cycles work, not just how the land works, but like how we work as an individual system. And then I was thinking a little tangent off of Patricia and how like not all countries and not all towns and cities and civilizations rely on plumbing or rely on like, you know, all these industrialized structures like a toilet well yeah so like, like huge water systems or anything right like i don't i mean 
I think we, we did have, okay, where I stayed in, in China with my family, we did have plumbing, but it wasn't a toilet. It was like a, a hole in the ground, kind of. It was like yeah. a flat. Yeah. So you would use that and you would flush. And then also going out in public at like, you know, restaurants and stores and airports in China, like there's no toilet paper. Yeah. There's no waste there. So I feel like it's just interesting to compare those together of it's obviously doable. There's different ways to, you know, approach if we think about bathrooming and if we think about like the waste that we have and like, where does that waste go? They didn't really go into that, but you know, questions to think about when it comes to that. Well, especially, I mean, like, so something that she said, uh, Patricia Arquette said that was really beautiful. She was basically saying like, um, they're able to take the waste and they're able to add it to their land. And because of these toilets, literally guys, just toilets, like because of these toilets, they were able to solve so many environmental problems. They were able to keep the water clean in their land because people weren't dumping their waste into the water anymore. They were able to make sure that people were better sanitized because they didn't like have a proper place to put it. And that was going into the water and that was affecting the way that their crops grew, the way that their animals digested food, the way that they were able to like bathe and stay sanitary, which I think I've already said, but by doing that, they were able to make all of this progress by toilets. And it's amazing to think that the only reason, at least psychologically, that this is in the way for a lot of Western civilizations, a lot of Westernized places, is because we're scared of our own waste. Yeah, it's like, like oh, like, bro, all of you is dirty. <laughs> yeah, what do you think fertilizer is made of? It's yeah. it's literally yeah. made out of waste and decomposition. And we, there is like, you know, to really get into it, there's a lot of nutrients in there because you ate a lot of nutrients. And so yes. you have a lot of the stuff that you don't need out. And it, that other it, things need that stuff. <laughs> like how we are this bacteria that absorbs other bacterias. Yeah. And what we eat that comes out, those nutrients are here to be repurposed. Yeah. I've never been so passionate about poop. I really haven't. <laughs> <laughs> the time. What was her and, saying though? It was. Oh, keep poop in the loop. That's so cute. I love I, that. Oh. <laughs> great. Yes. But basically by, well, we're kind of getting to the end of our time here, right. but. Uh, Basically, mm -hmm. by the time that this documentary ended, um, there was a lot of really good moves that you could make. They were talking about how you could, like, I mean, just, or just hearing about all the good moves that were being made with Patricia Arquette's, like, bathroom Rancher relations, Brown. with Rancher Brown and the way that he was doing it. There, were, as a, there was another farmer in Half Moon Bay who was completely reworking the way that grazing was handled. And she had 8,000 acres in Half Moon Bay that she was giving to that. And she had completely revived the land that had originally been essentially dead by doing what she was doing. There's a man in Zimbabwe who's actually extremely intelligent, and I can't remember okay. his name. And he He's has a, a really cool book. Alan Savory. Alan Savory. He, mm -hmm. like, has completely re, um, revitalized the land in Zimbabwe that was originally not well because they weren't allowing animals to graze because they weren't allowing natural crops to grow so there's all these people making these movements in different parts of the world and to hear that gives you a lot of hope but what they also did at the end is they gave you solutions that you could do and it was as simple as planting a tree 
Yeah. And like planting a tree and we circle this back to, you mentioned this at the beginning, like simply planting a tree and you don't, Jason Raz said, and he's correct, like you don't need a lot of land to do these things by planting in your own property, if you have property and if you have space, of course. And so if you are able to plant a tree, that itself, this is the tree. <laughs> and <laughs> the cycle of pulling the carbon through the tree and feeding the roots, that's where it gets used. And that's where it feeds mm -hmm. the plant. And then that's how you know, photosynthesis and like the oxygen and carbon relationship from us to plants. Mm -hmm. That's how it's just that simple. It's just about tur turning dirt back into soil. Mm -hmm. That's essentially all that they're asking us to do. And the ways to do that are to plant a tree, to, you know, if you have a little patio, grow some tomatoes on that patio. Like, yeah. I'll give you it if you want. Like, I got you. Yeah. Or, you know, like, to, or to compost. Or, like, yeah. What were you gonna say? You have something. Oh, no, I have my own idea. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> here. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's just like the amount of hope that I was left with at the end of the movie was really amazing because there are so many climate documentaries that don't leave you with hope. Mm -hmm. um, so I would absolutely recommend reading this piece as a person who does suffer from climate anxiety on a daily basis. Um, yeah, this has been really good for me and it's actually made me feel like I have steps I can take. Mm -hmm. um, I think in, I will post in my Instagram story some of the resources that they mentioned in it. Um, also, the actual name of the documentary, Kiss the Ground, and mm -hmm. uh, a link to their website because they actually have a lot of really cool ways for like, how do you want to get involved and giving you multiple yeah. options. I think once I save this, I can put it in the body. And so Ooh. let me do like swap and make that body voluptuous <laughs> okay <laughs> all right well, I think, is that yeah. it yeah maybe this time i hope all right, all right. Well, this was fun guys thanks literally so in a second mary <laughs> what i'll literally talk to you in a second okay bye-bye <laughs> bye yay <laughs>